0: Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today.
1: So it seems hard to believe that summer is already winding down, Um, but now that we've turned our calendars to September, it's already time to start thinking about harvest. There's always a lot of work that needs to be done to make sure that we're prepared for harvest and it's gonna go as smoothly as possible. But we wanna make sure that you don't overlook your ag technology while you're getting the rest of your equipment ready. We know that the data you're collecting on your farm during harvest is going to be useful in the future for decision-making, so it's very important to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success. So joining us today, we have Dr. John Fulton, a professor in the Department of Food, Agricultural, and Biological Engineering, and he is going to discuss preparing for harvest. Welcome, John. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah.
2: Thanks, uh, Elizabeth and Amanda, for having me here today. As you mentioned, I'm a professor and state extension specialist in the food, ag, and biological engineering department. And uh, really my background, uh, both from research uh, and extension, is uh, machinery automation, uh, precision agriculture. And as you know now, we a a lot of work in the digital ag space. Awesome.
0: John, let's start off by talking about yield data collection. So it's been nearly a year since we used our yield monitors. What are the considerations we should make to get started as we prepare for harvest season?
2: When we think about yield monitors and in particular the data they collect, Amanda, uh, the first step that uh, we always like to recommend is, is making sure that the data on the display has already been um, archived or backed up. And uh, to ensure that uh, we don't lose any data, especially that from a prior harvest. So, uh, if wheat was the last uh, crop harvested, make sure that uh, you back everything up. And I encourage if that's on a uh, like a thumb drive or a compact flash or whatever the monitor uses to to get that transferred over to a to a laptop or, or some kind of storage space that that uh, where that can be. Um, Uh, securely and safely stored Uh, second uh, and important today here as we go into fall harvest is uh, if you're using some kind of correction service for your gps uh, make sure that you're paid up on that and to cover the the harvesting season but uh, check with your your provider to ensure that you've already got that paid for you hate to either start or during the during harvest, find out that, uh, you got to re up on your correction service. And, and a really an important step is making sure your yield monitor and your GPS or GNSS receiver, uh, and possibly any sensors related to, uh, the yield monitor or up to date. So any firmware updates that companies have been put out, I'd recommend whether it's yourself or getting with a dealer and making sure they check and ensure everything's, um, up to date.
1: That's great advice. Um, we know that the machine and the way that it's running is going to have an impact on that yield data that we collect. So, what other settings or components do you recommend we take a look at before we get started?
2: Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, uh, if if the harvester or combine in this is, in this example is not you know functioning properly, it's it's hard to believe that uh, we're going to get good data out of it from a yield perspective. So, besides the normals, you know, a lot of things from bearings, belts, and bushings to check. Uh, I'm uh, I recommend not only going through your corn head, but uh, spend a lot of time on those platform headers today they um, they're pretty advanced but going through and making sure uh the knives to to all things on those headers are, are in peak performance and and swap out anything that are, is either damaged or in poor operating condition the other things is just go through and, and check all your augers uh and and threshing mechanisms uh those very important especially the augers they get they can tend to get war uh, within a season or even uh, a full season and, and working down the flighting on that kind of causes and minimizes efficiencies on the, uh, getting grain uh, conveyed uh, in, within, uh, within the combine. Uh, the really important one as it relates to yield monitors, really checking the, that clean grain elevator chain and paddles making sure there's no damage, making sure it's uh, got the right tension on it. Uh, That's very important, but making sure the clean grain elevator, uh, including the bearings at the top and bottom are in good operating shape because ultimately uh, we want that uh, to be tensioned right because that's carrying the clean grain up that elevator and ultimately accelerates that uh, to be impacted by the impact plate.
1: Yeah, you mentioned how important that clean grain elevator is. Um, and that kind of leads into the next thing, you know. When we talk about collecting quality yield data, um, it's impossible to not to avoid talking about calibration. Um, so to start off with, can you kind of explain, you know, why calibration is so important and and really the role that some of these components are going to play in in the calibration of your machine?
2: Yeah, the calibration. So when we talk about calibration, we're talking about calibrating um, the temperature mechanism in a, in a grain moisture sensor. That's very important. Uh, the moisture sensor itself requires uh, a check on it. Uh, most importantly, though, to your question, Elizabeth, is calibrating a, the, what we call a mass flow sensor. A majority of the, the combines out there are going to have a mass flow sensor. And that sensor, uh, the response to that sensor is not linear in nature. Okay, And what that means is whether uh, from Low flow up to a very high flow, okay, or a very low yield to a very high yield. Um, that is not linear in nature. And so, in order to properly calibrate that, we need to operate the, the combine in low flow conditions. Uh, we'll say eight to 10 uh, bushels a uh, second, roughly, all the way up to a high um, flow condition. And normally we do that at four different points. Uh, sometimes we can get five, but four is recommended for most of these uh, yield monitors. But the point in that is to make sure that it, from low flow to the medium flow to the high flow, we map out the response of that sensor in order for it to to estimate uh, as accurate as possible to the, the yield estimate or the mass flow estimate actually for that sensor.
0: Calibration is going to be really important this fall um we just talked about all the steps they can take but some of the fields that i've been in i mean just going 100 yards up the field i've got ears that are going to yield 200 bushel that and then ears that are going to yield less than 80 so how does that play into calibration and making sure it's accurate
2: yeah and i think For some parts of Ohio, that's how it's going to be, Amanda. We're going to have fields, uh, like you say, range from, you know, 50 to to 200 plus bushel on corn. And I've seen beans, you know, they'll be lucky to be in that 20, 25 bushel all the way to probably to 80 bushel. And so when we look at that large range of um, yield within a field, calibration is going to be very important in order to have good, estimates out of these yield monitors. So doing that four point um, calibration procedure that's recommended for most of the monitors out there, uh, double checking your calibration in in kind of low yielding areas and high yielding areas uh, will be important because uh, we just don't want that yield monitor to be operating accurately kind of at the middle and the high. We, we want to also be able to document those low areas. So we, we when we do kind of a post-harvest or if we're watching the monitor drain harvest, we're uh, we you know we're trying to compare apples to apples and understanding what the, the actual yield differences are within the field.
1: Yeah, so one of the other challenges we're going to have with the variability we're seeing out there is is deciding when we should recalibrate the machine throughout the season. Um, what recommendations do you have for our listeners when we when we talk about needing to recalibrate to stay within the within an accurate range throughout the whole harvest season?
2: Right off, and and I know we've already got a few folks that I've talked to gearing up for corn harvest, and and that's going to be high moisture uh, corn, Elizabeth. You know, um, there are it's already. And in, in a couple of cases, down to about 28%. They're going to wait a few days, if, if not early next week, and get started. So that's going to be higher moisture corn. And so I always recommend um, having a calibration for high moisture corn and then calibration for uh, corn that's under 20%. Uh, so right away, that's a, a differential from a calibration. You're going to anything over 20%, you need to have a calibration curve built. Uh, for, the, for that combine and then anything under 20% moisture corn, have a second calibration to make sure that you, uh, you, um, when you're entering the field and you say, hey, it's going to be a low moisture or below 20%, I'm using that calibration versus a high. Uh, soybeans, um, normally speaking, uh, we do not need a high versus low just because of the, you know, uh, we're not in that large uh moisture fluctuation you know in corn we could be anywhere from 13 to you know 28 almost 30 percent but for soybeans typically we're in uh you know 11 to 18 percent and we don't one calibration curve um should work for it
1: so maybe strain a little bit from talking about the yield monitor itself another challenge we're going to face is is harvest loss with these variable conditions um you know, how would someone go about keeping an eye on harvest loss and, and what adjustments would you recommend they make?
2: Yeah, first, uh, the newer combines out there. So if it's a newly purchased or leased combine, a lot of them have a uh, pretty, pretty solid technology to monitor harvest loss and, and give that kind of feedback. Uh, not only harvest loss, but uh, grain quality. Um and so the newer machines give that indication right in the cab, and, and in some cases, will actually adjust um, on the go for for the operator. For those that don't have, maybe some of the newer uh, harvest loss and and quality uh, stopping that machine uh, during a during a hard stop. Uh, normally, what we do is we get out and we look right behind the header to look at are we getting hard um, losses from from the header. That's in particular. Uh, that's very important for uh, soybeans, uh, where we get shattering that could be occurring. Typically in corn, um, we can see if uh, ears are popping out over top of the the header uh, very easily from the cab. But we can want to, we want to pay attention to not only header loss, but more importantly, what's coming out the back, Elizabeth. But stopping, getting out, taking an area, counting the number of um, uh, grain. Uh, on, the, on the ground in that area. Most manufacturers have all that information in the operator's manual. But taking a look at that, uh, another way to look at grain loss, and, and I like to do it, uh, is the guy that's um, running a grain cart or someone at the end, uh, maybe driving trucks, going out and, and occasionally checking, again, seeing what's what kind of harvest loss might be out there. Um, and uh, that's very important. Um Uh, Most of the time, we can be down one, one one-and-a-half bushel loss on on these newer combines, Uh, but if if you're running two, three, four bushel loss, uh, you definitely need to make some adjustments on on your machine uh, to eliminate that.
0: So, another important tool that we have is what we have in the tractor cab and um, whether that's making sure you have the storage available Um, you mentioned making sure your subscriptions are in place so what are important pieces of information that we want to collect during harvest from the cab
2: well i think of all things uh, for me uh, amanda uh, making observations and notes during harvest is, is as important as any other data piece we collect. Um, most, most of the, the farmers today seem to be using a lot of the planter technology that's able to capture uh, not only the rate, but a lot of information about the planning operation. And within those apps and platforms have remote sense imagery. Uh, for me, uh, we look at a lot of... You know, I, I suggest basically if the imagery is available to look at imagery before you go to the field and think about uh, some areas that you want to really pay attention to. Uh, some of those may have been scouted earlier in the season. But as, as we sit in, uh, in these cabs of these combines, I think trying to figure out what some of the yield limitations were for that, that year are very important. And I mean that as we move through the field. Uh, I think collecting data, if that's possible. Uh, making observations, uh, and so noting, you know, we love to see that 300 bushel coming through that combine in all areas of field. But the reality of the the growing season here, the shears, that's not going to happen. That's going to be very spotty. And so, what happened in that those lower area, you know, lower yielding areas from you know 80 to 100 to 150 bushel? What uh, what are some of the what was the real limiting factor? Um, uh, variable this year? Was it just water? Uh, we had uh, a lot of instances of compaction uh, causing nutrient deficiencies. I know there was several fields that uh, I went in and saw where uh, pentro or, or rows adjacent to uh, equipment um, uh, passes uh, had potassium deficiencies. Uh, again, that was due to compaction. Uh, some of that's hard to see at harvest, but the point in that is, is, can we can we visualize and as we replay the growing season, take the opportunity on a field-by-field, subfield basis and understand why we saw, when we get that yield map completed, why some of those areas were lower yielding, uh, below average, uh, typically, and understanding that so we can learn from that and, and think about what we could do, if possible, to, to improve that in the future.
1: Yeah, I think that's incredibly important you know, a yield map without that extra information you have to help interpret what you're seeing on those maps. You know, they're not as useful as they potentially could be. Um, do you have any comments you want to share on, you know, taking this data that we're collecting and using it in the farm operation?
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of apps out there and, and companies are are building some. So I'll, I'll name a couple, but that doesn't mean that there's not others um, we've been very successful, you know, with using climate field view cab as a means to take notes. Uh, it's nice to have in the cab of the harvester cause you can see the planted data, that imagery, and you can drop pins very easily as you're harvesting and type in notes and even take pictures while you're out there harvesting. Uh, of course our OSU plots, we, uh, we use that too to, again, take notes and pictures and, and have that geo-reference back to, points in the field and so those are really handy to have and and keeps all your information in an electronic format and and for us you know that makes it fairly easily shareable with others in the team too as we as we learn things or uh, need to share information for those working in that field so I think anytime you can capture any of that and have that uh, you know Elizabeth and Amanda um, you know we harvest today we make some observations but geez, we, you know, we're going to go through another 20 plus fields. We forget a lot of those, those observations possibly. We'll remember some of the real important ones, but having some of those observations and, and being able to share that with, with others within the operation is, is very important as you think about and plan ahead uh, for next season.
0: Yeah, and just want to clarify that you were referring to the smartphone app when you mentioned OSU plots in case people haven't used that before. Available on Android and Apple, correct?
2: Yep, that's correct.
0: So that's just one of the tools that that we have available. You know,
1: John, what other resources do we have through the Digital Ag program that you would recommend
2: folks check out? Well, number one uh, is the eFields report that, that comes out annually, and that's published first second week of January each year. Uh there's an online version plus a hard copy version that's that we publish. And so that's a that's a great resource that, that kind of culminates a lot of the work and, and demonstrations that are done here within the College of Ag at Ohio State. Um and so that's a really strong resource uh from a production perspective. And also uh you know we we have a, a digital ag uh webpage along it complements uh, what the agronomy team does as well on their webpage. So all those are excellent resources to, to use and, and most of all that is online and, and very readily accessible for folks.
0: Well, thanks so much for your time. A lot of valuable information and you know data is power and the more information that we're able to collect, the more we're able to improve our operations. So these tools that we have now I think are really critical and it's important to you know learn more and make sure they're working correctly and that we're utilizing them to the best of our abilities
2: yeah and thanks for the opportunity and and uh we want to wish everyone the best of luck here for the fall fall harvest
1: thanks for listening to the agronomy and farm management
2: podcast join us again in two weeks for our next episode